2 Kings chapter 4 and verse 1. Now there cried a certain woman of the wives of the sons of the prophets unto Elisha, saying, Thy servant, my husband, is dead. And thou knowest that thy servant did fear the Lord, and the creditor is come to take unto him my two sons to be bondmen. And Elisha said unto her, What shall I do for thee? Tell me, what hast thou in the house? And she said, Thine handmaid hath not anything in the house, save a pot of oil. Then he said, Go borrow the vessels abroad of all thy neighbors. Even empty vessels borrow not a few. And when thou art come in, and thou shalt shut the door upon thee and upon thy sons, and thou shalt pour out into all those vessels, and thou shalt set aside that which is full. So she went from him and shut the door upon her and upon her sons, who brought the vessels to her, and she poured out. And it came to pass, when the vessels were full, that she said unto her son, Bring me yet a vessel. And he said unto her, There's not a vessel more. And the oil stayed. And the oil stayed. And the oil stayed. Then she came and told the man of God, and he said, Go sell the oil and pay thy debt, and live thou and thy children of the rest. I want you to think about this unusual miracle in the life of this woman, and I'm going to try to just briefly maybe put it in three or maybe four different categories as I break it down and look at it to help us remember it a little easier. First, I want you to notice that this woman had a real need in her life, and it's what I call an emergency. Now, I don't know about you, but what a lot of people call an emergency, a lot of times is really not an emergency. I mean, they say they have a need that's an emergency, but they really don't know what an emergency is in their life. There's some things that if you just let it go, it's going to take care of itself. It's not an emergency, it's not pressing. But there's other things that you need help and you need it right now. And when you get in that position, it changes your outlook on situations and your dependency upon God. She had a real emergency. I remember it's been at least 30, if not 35 years ago, there was a couple that wanted to meet with me one time. And uh, they, they said they had an emergency. I tried to set an appointment. No, we've got to see you now. We've got to talk to you now. So finally I had to call and move appointments and get everything together to sit down and talk to them. And when I sat down and talked to them, uh, we talked for a little bit and they, they were upset because they were afraid they were going to have to pull out of their savings account that their checking account got down to about $100,000 and that's been 35 years ago. Let me tell you, that's not an emergency. It's just not. Uh, I'm not picking on anyone. It's just you're full of fear. Help me preach now. It's going to get sweeter as we go. You're full of fear. Uh, there's things in life that come against us and, and when it comes against us, we look at certain standards that we set, but it, it's not an emergency, trust me. If you've got that kind of money 35 years ago, then you're gonna be just fine, trust me on that. You'll be all right. Boy, it's lonely up here tonight. Uh, you know, really, I, I don't know how you feel, but I even weigh out prayer chain calls. 
that I make. If I pass along a prayer chain call to you, you can rest assured it's gonna be an emergency. I feel like, I'm not saying that we shouldn't pray for everything, but there's some times that if you're not careful, you can, you can get out of hand. I remember I was in the office one day and a lady had called three or four states away and she said, can you get your church praying? My cat's up the tree and won't come down. I said, put a bowl of milk at the bottom of the tree. When it gets hungry, I promise you, it will come down and it won't get hurt. That's not an emergency, but there's things in life that are an emergency. She had a legitimate emergency. She's dealing with death. It's terrible enough for someone to have to deal with death. Evidently, it was some type probably of an unexpected type death because this individual, he was one of the sons of the prophets. Now, don't misunderstand that terminology in the Old Testament. He wasn't a literal son of the prophet Elisha or the prophet Elijah. The sons of the prophets were those prophets that were being mentored by prophets that had proven themselves time and time again that God's hand and God's word was on them. I've stood in the cave that they call the Elijah's cave, which was believed to be the place where the sons of the prophets came and Elijah would teach them and help them and instruct them and mentor them. And that, that's who this individual was. And he died leaving this, this terrible situation. So with this, it put her in a crisis mode. So the first thing we do, we see her crying. She is broken. She doesn't know where to turn. She cried under the prophet. She was sincere in what she was saying. She was heartbroken over this emergency. Not only the debt, but she calls for the prophet because she knows where to go to with all of this. She wanted somebody that knew how to get a hold of the Lord. Isn't it good to go to a church that we have people that we can say with all confidence, they know how to touch heaven. And when they pray, you know that God hears and that God can move. I'm glad that I don't have to pray by myself all the time. I'm glad that I'm in a church that still believes God and believes God's word and believes that God has power to do all things. She said, I've got to get a hold of the prophet because the prophet knows how to get a hold of God. But to make matters worse, she not only comes crying, she not only comes calling the prophet in this emergency, but she says, I'm dealing with a creditor. Evidently, there was a debt that she could not pay. And it sounds almost from scripture like she wasn't aware of this debt. This debt had to be paid. And during that time, people had no money. So they were coming to take her sons to be bondmen. What they would do is they would have to work off that debt. They would work not for money, but they'd work to pay the debt that was left behind. She said, so now I've lost my husband and I'm gonna lose my sons. And she said, most important of all, you can tell from her emotions, she's about to lose her mind because she can't figure it out and she doesn't know what to do and she just needs to hear from God. And if I can't hear from God, I need to get to somebody that knows how to hear from God. So she comes to the man of God with this great emergency in her life. And what does he do? You get down to verse two, he gives her an examination. He gives her a test. She has explained, she has cried, she has called, she has come, she has told about the creditor. But look what he says in verse two. 
what shall I do for thee? Instead of helping her, he starts questioning her. I mean, to us, we'd say, well, it's apparent. She wants that debt paid. But isn't it funny, he asked her, what shall I do? In other words, what do you want? You know, you gotta be careful in this thing because what can happen, life can put pressures on you and you can, you can get to the place that life will break you and you'll even be crying, your emotions will be broken. You can go so far as to not only be broken, but you can come crying. You can get to this altar and bow down and cry a puddle of tears, and you can come and weep before God, and you can talk all about your problem, but do you know something? It's not going to change until you ask God. God's saying it's great that you came, it's great that you're crying, it's great that you have all of this, all of this that you're willing to bring to me, but still you're not going to receive it until you ask me for it. The Bible says you have not because you ask not. We're never gonna receive until we ask God. I believe in my ministry, I have seen people go so far as to come to an altar under conviction, broken, weeping, crying, knowing that they need God's help and I've seen them turn right around and leave that altar without victory. Why does that happen? Because they never ask God for it and you're not going to get it until you ask God for it. If you want healing, you gotta say, Lord, will you heal me? If you want salvation, you gotta say, Lord, will you save my soul? If you need money, come and say, Lord, I need money to pay this debt. If you keep getting into debt, come and say, Lord, I need wisdom to stay out of debt. I'm saying you can't see it happen until you ask God. So he said, what do you want? And second, he said, what hast thou in the house? What do you want? And what do you already have? You'll find out the great miracles throughout the Bible usually comes about by God not giving them something new or something different, it's God taking what they already have and using what they already have. Do you know that you probably already have what you need to find the victory? It just takes God's wisdom and God's help to take what you have, multiply what you have, give you direction with what you have. And if God takes what you have, if you offer it to God, then God can help you win the victory. David already had the sling. The only thing he didn't have yet was the five smooth stones, but God had even given him a staff to bring them from the stream. What do you have? And she said, I don't have anything. All I've got left is just a pot of oil. Just a little pot of oil. That's all I've got. So he says, well, then if you want to see this happen, you're gonna to have to listen to what I'm going to say because nothing great will ever happen is what the prophet is telling her until you exercise your faith. So first she has an emergency. She's met with an examination and then he tells her, I want you to exercise your faith. Well, where do you get that preacher? She had to go to her neighbors and her sons go to her neighbors and ask for vessels, not knowing what the outcome was going to be. 
She had to go ask for it, not knowing what the answer was going to be. He said, go borrow the vessels, borrow not a few. That's interesting, isn't it? He's saying, the more you borrow, the greater the miracle is going to be. Your miracle can be limited by the capacity that you have. You can limit God and say, Lord, I I want this when God really has intention for you to do so much more. But you limit God when you restrict God. You look in such a small way and you're saying, if I can just have that, when God's saying, don't you see, I want to give you that and so much more. So he said, go borrow the vessels of thy neighbor. Borrow not a few. And he said, this is what I want you to do. I want you to take that pot of oil you have and start pouring out of that pot into the empty pots. In other words, don't get pots that's already got something else in them. God can't fill vessels that are not empty. He wants to fill empty vessels. You have to have a vessel that's emptied out for God to fill it up. But he said, take that vessel that has oil in it and pour into those other's vessels. When she started pouring, it just kept pouring and just kept pouring and just kept pouring until finally she said to her son, bring me yet another vessel. And he said, there is not a vessel more. In other words, we, we got everything that we went and got and emptied. It's full now. God wants to feel everything you've got, not just part of you or part of your life. God says, just give me everything in your life and I want to fill it with the mighty power of God and show you the miraculous hand of God. If we bring it to God empty, God will fill it up. So she has an emergency and then she has an examination, she has to answer questions within herself. Then she exercises her faith. Now you can say that's not faith. Well, what's not faith about it? I don't know how many vessels she got. If she had 50 vessels, she's got one little pot of oil. You compare that to 50 empty vessels. What sense is there in pouring something a little bit of something into a whole lot of nothing. (laughs) They're empty vessels. How can you take a little pot of oil and pour it into something that's so big and so empty and it just keep going and keep going and keep going? You see the lesson of it? Just a little bit of God's grace. Just a little bit of God's power just a little bit of God's blessings and it just keeps going and going and the oil stayed. What comes from God, it won't pass away. The Lord will give it to you. He'll protect it. He'll keep the enemy from getting all the devil would love to get it, but he can't get it. And here she is now exercising her faith until finally everything's full. What does she do? She comes back and tells the man of God, I've got this miracle. Every vessel is full now. I've got this miracle, but I don't know what to do with it. What do I do now? Am I the only one that every now and then you start to feel extremely blessed and you get so blessed you don't know what to do with it? 
I mean, I can't explain. You, you feel like, well, should I run or should I shout or should I clap or should I smile or should I cry? It, it's, it's just, you don't know what to do with it. You're, you're, like a, you're like a kid in a toy shop. I, a few weeks ago, Candy and I had the, a couple of the grandkids that overnighted and we'd taken them out the next day and, and we'd stop by the mall and, and she's not here tonight, I wouldn't embarrass her, but uh, Amelia does fantastic for what she has going on. If you knew everything going on in that kid's life, you, you just have to shake your head. It, it is amazing what God's done for her. She's legally blind and uh, she asked me, I wanna go to the toy store, Poppy. I said, honey, there's not a toy store in, I think we're in the Ashland Mall, weren't we? I said, honey, there's not a toy store in here. Oh, yes, there is. And I said, honey, I thought they closed the toy store. I, I, I thought it closed a few months ago. No, Poppy, there's a toy store in here. And I said, Amelia, are you sure? And Candy was sitting there with Grayson eating cookies. And uh, I said, <laughs> I said, I'll take her. And uh, so she leads the way. Now she can hardly see, but she knew where that toy store was. She told me when we got about two stores down, she said, it's just right on down here over there. And when we got in, the toy store, I turned loose of her hand and I said, now you just go look at anything you want to look at as long as you want to look at it. Just go and look at it. And I said, if you see something you really, really like, we'll tell Nana. <laughs> but you just go look at it. And I, I just watched her. And she'd have to get up real close on some of it and look. And she'd look at it and she'd shiver. <laughs> and it, there was so much. At one point, she was almost going in circles because it was like, oh, Poppy, I can't take it all in. This is so wonderful. I can't see it all. I can't. And finally, I said, did you see something you want? And she said, it's all so good, I can't pick anything out. That's the way I feel in church sometimes. It's just all so good. How can you pick out one part of it and say, oh, that song, that, that's my favorite song until they sing the next song. And then you'll say, oh, no, no, that's my favorite song. And then you'll hear a sermon and say, that's my favorite message. But then you hear the next message, oh, no, no, no. You'll hear one preacher, oh, that's the greatest preacher ever. The next one you hear, oh, my, I've never heard a sermon like that. Somebody will testify, that's, that's it that made the service. I'm telling you, it's just all good. And sometimes uh, you get so blessed, you feel like a kid in a toy shop. You just can't get there fast enough and do enough because it's all so good. So she had it and didn't know what to do with it. So she comes back to the man of God and he says, go sell the oil and pay your debt. And then here's the part I love. Pay the debt 
and live thou and thy children of the rest. Did you get it? He gave her enough to pay the debt off and there was still enough left over to live on. Is there anybody here that can associate with the fact when the Lord saved you, he not only paid the debt of sin off, the debt that was against us, but thank God there's been plenty left over to live on every day. There is more every day. He loads us with new benefits every day. He gives us new blessings. There's enough left at the end of life. You say, I've lived my whole life for him and he's just as sweet at the end of the journey as when I started the first day. Glory to God. I feel preaching coming on. Oh, there is enough to live on day by day. Live thou and thy children of the rest. I don't know why, Darren, I've been thinking so much here lately about Sister Royster. I don't know what just been on my mind and I was getting ready to preach this sermon and when she was alive, I know your church, your people, many people, people in this church, Candy and I, so many others, when her husband, who was a preacher, just like this prophet, when he died so abruptly of what seemed to be a mysterious disease when it first started, but it just seemed like I held a revival for him a few months later, I get a call, he's sick. I go out of town in a meeting. I come back and he's passed. And she was left with virtually little or no income. She's now with the Lord. And, and I, I remember contacting her saying, Sister Royster, what can we do? She said, nothing, nothing. And I said, well, how are you going to make it? What are you going to do? And she told me, she said, preacher, don't you worry about it. I have heard from heaven. And God promised me he'd take care of me. And I would tell her, she had my number. I said, you know, if there's ever a need, will you let me know? And she said, no. She said, I'll tell you what. You're on speaking terms with God. Just ask him, and if I've got a need, he'll tell you, because I'm not telling you. <laughs> now, really, that's the way you ought to live your life. Beware of somebody that's always begging for money. I mean, you know, really, if people live right, you ought to be able to tell the Lord about it, and the Lord ought to touch the hearts of people. Thank all two of you for those amens. But that's the way we ought to live our life. And I said, well, Sister Royster, I'll do that. I'll pray about that. And there was times that God just moved on our heart and the heart of people and it was amazing what God did. But she said, I'll tell you what I will do. She said, I'll call you. She said, every now and then when God does a special miracle for me and I need to brag on him about what he's done, I'll call you after the fact. Well, I agreed on that and I got those calls. I'm sure you probably got those calls, Darren. And others, we know, got calls because she just, she just had to tell it. And uh, I remember one day I'm, I'm 
in the office and the phone rings and I always knew, I always knew it was her because when I'd say hello after she had a need met, she never did say hello. It was always, whoa, glory, glory, glory. <laughs> sometimes I'd hear the phone drop and she'd shout a little while and I'd just listen to her shout and she'd get on. One time she told me in particular, she said, preacher, I've got to tell you what God did for me today. She said, this is so wonderful. She couldn't see well herself, you know, and, and uh, she, she knew that, that you know you paid your bills no matter what, you paid your bills. And she had went to the doctor and they called in a prescription and before she went, she called the pharmacy and asked them the amount of that prescription. And they told her what the amount was. She counted out and she said, I've got enough money. So when she's there in line, for some reason she said, I counted it out again. And she said, I was a penny short. And she said, fear gripped my heart. She said, the devil told me, now you've told all these people that God's gonna take care of you. And the devil said, once you tell people that God's gonna take care of you, a penny is a penny. If it's a penny short, you didn't pay your bill. You're a hypocrite. That's what he was telling her. And she said, boy, I just felt like everything in me went out of me. And she said, I'm standing there in line. She said, Lord, I don't understand this. I counted this before I left the house. I had enough money. Now I'm a penny short. I don't know how I'm going to pay for this. And, and she said, I wanted to turn around and just leave until I got the money. She said, but it's like God just said, stand still, just wait. And she said, I'm standing there and I'm wringing my hands and, and I'm holding my purse and I don't know what to do. I count it frantically again and I'm short and I don't know what to do. And she said, so I'm standing there in line and I'm just thinking, what am I going to do? And she said, I look over she said there's some eye drops there and she said I'm thinking boy I wonder if those work and she said I get them out and I'm, I'm looking at it and said I go to put it back up and said I go to put it back up there's another brand beside of it and it looked a little cheaper in case I ever wanted said I reached up to get it she said on top of the box there was a penny one penny now I've never had to pray for a penny but I tell you how much our God loves us he loves us down to the penny to the very penny. If you need it, God will take care of you. No wonder David could say, I once was young and now I'm old, but I've never seen the righteous forsaken nor his seed begging bread. Right down to the very penny. Our God will do what he said he would do. You can count on him for everything. I don't care what your emergency is. You ask the right questions. You answer them the right way. You exercise your faith. God will give you your need and so much more. So I guess, is your miracle, is your need little? Is it big? You see, it looks impossible. Not impossible. God shall supply all your needs according to his riches in glory.